This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Well, we finally had our New Year's break. Welcome back into The Grid. This is episode 20. I'm Sam Fowler, your host, the assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate. Joined with me is sports editor Mike Foreman. A little later on, we'll be joined by... Sports reporter Jeremiah Sosa, we're going to talk about a couple of things. There was East-West basketball last week. There, were, The boys game was a really good one. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about something that we are very, very passionate about in this office, and that is the need for renovations to Memorial Stadium or a brand new stadium altogether. But first, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us either through Facebook, Twitter, or email. Facebook, you can reach us through either the Victoria Advocate Facebook page or the Advo Sports page. Twitter, our handle is at AdvoSports. And the email, if you want to get in touch with us that way, is sports at vicad.com. Mike, you put out a column uh, right before the new year about why Memorial Stadium needs the updates. And this is a stadium that opened in 1949. It's in desperate need of updates. You look at it, there there are cracks in in the in the stadium I, I mean legitimate cracks and and the bathrooms are all there we'll touch on all of that if you don't know the capacity at memorial stadium is listed at 10,729 or over 11,000 for the right game uh mike you talked about it in the recent updates they've made new turf new scoreboard but you know you look at that that's a little bit of progress but you know, how small is that in terms of everything that needs to happen? Obviously, it's not enough. Uh, forgive me for uh, going all Tom Morello here, Rage Against the Machine, but uh, that place, it's desperate, desperate need of repairs. I mean, to me, this whole issue comes down to does Victoria care about its its young athletes? I mean, are we going to give them the facilities necessary to compete at a high level and to make them proud of their community? And the answer, obviously, right now is no, we're not. And, um, you know, you can sit there all day and complain about coaches, complain about lack of uh, success, but going into that is part of you have to have the tools to be successful. And right now they they honestly don't. And I mean, uh, i give you another example. Uh, I just saw on social media uh, yesterday, actually, Sinton, Sinton ISD, which is a 4A school, by the way, just had opened up a brand new indoor facility. And if you want to go, you could probably go on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and, and, and look and see. It's a beautiful facility. Um, 
you know, it just shows you that if a community is willing to do it, it can get it done. The other part of this is if you put something into it, you're going to get a lot back. I mean, you saw, people saw the crowd we had here, not this season, but last season when Refurio and Shiner did play here. I mean, that was an amazing atmosphere, but it also brought a lot of money into this community. I mean, people come in, they eat dinner, they buy gas. And if you have the facilities, you've got a chance of hosting, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday playoff games. People might want to stay in a hotel and catch all three games, you know, and, uh, you know, it just brings in people to your community. And one other thing I added, I, I would really love to see a track put in because believe me, um, I've been to Kingsville the last few years and A&M Kingsville does a good job of hosting the region, uh, regional meet for 2A and 4A. But you have people from Fredericksburg, Mason, Junction having to go all the way down to Kingsville. And believe me, they would much rather come to Victoria. That would cut another hour and a half, two hours off their trip. So we're sitting in a prime location. But the bottom line is we just don't have the facility. And Sam, I guess the the answer here is somehow, some way, the school board has got to figure out a way to put together a bond issue that will pass. And they've tried before, and you can argue about the reasons why, obviously, recently with the pandemic, that hurt. But there have been other bond issues that haven't passed. And and as I talked about in the column, there are things that I think the school district could do to make a bond issue more palatable to certain voters who haven't approved it in the past. You know, one being St. Joseph, for instance, uh, they, they're taxpayers too. And they want to feel like they are, they're getting something for their tax dollars. And that's why I suggested letting uh, St. Joe um, use the stadium for free whenever VISD is not using it. And if you do build a new stadium, heck, let them use Memorial if that's the, the case. I mean, just just do something for the community to make this more like something that people will vote for. Yeah, a little while back there was a there was a bond in twenty seventeen and we'll touch on it a little bit first. We're gonna get to a commercial real quick. A word from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550 
1-866-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back into The Grid. We're talking about Memorial Stadium and, and why it's either in desperate need of, of updates or even a brand new stadium all together. First, I want to lay out some of the biggest problems. Mike, you, you also laid these, you laid these out in your column and, and you're spot on. I mean, the dressing rooms, they, they, they haven't been updated and, and it seems like two, three, four decades, maybe, uh, you know, they're, they're very old school that, and it's not conducive to the team dynamic that, that you see today the restrooms <laughs> you how much fun is it for us to go up and down the, the stairs and then oh maybe it's raining and you go into the restroom and oh there's a there's a massive leak in the roof because it's, it's pouring down rain those need updates the concession stand same thing as the restrooms they're they're in dire need of updates and then the press box too i mean you and i were i mean I may, I may, be, I may look young, but my body doesn't feel it. Walking up those, walking up those steps, it's it, it's like three, four, five flights of stairs essentially, and that doesn't go too well on my knees. Maybe that's a little bit of on me. I need to take care of my health a little bit, but still, I mean, it'd be nice to have an elevator, a quick, easy way to get up and down to the field. Um, and also, the there need to be restrooms up there. The thing is, this thing has been grandfathered in through the American Disabilities Act because it was built before ADA, before the ADA era. Therefore, it is old school. You have it's very minimalistic. You don't have the bathrooms up there. You do not have um, dis disabled accessibility. You it, it's it it needs the updates. For multiple reasons, but we talked about this before we before we got on air. Twenty seventeen was was the last bond that they tried to where they tried to update the facilities, and it wasn't even going to be it wasn't even going to update Memorial. It was going to build a brand new facility, a multi activity complex. They were going to build a brand new football stadium with a track, brand new baseball and softball fields. Anyone who knows that. VISD and St. Joe, they have to use Riverside for, for baseball, which River, we love Riverside. Riverside's a nice, charming old ballpark. But certainly when you're having to divide time between St. Joe, UHV, East, West, you're trying to divide time between those four uh, schools trying to get time on the field. That's tough. I know there's, I know there's pr the practice fields are at East and West and St. Joe practices at, at the high school as well. But, you know, now you're, you're doing scheduling gymnastics, trying to get everything to work. I know there have been times where there's an early VISD game so UHV can, can play. And so building a brand new, building a brand new stadium would then, uh, allow, VISD full control. It can easily ske start scheduling its its high school games. Same thing with the softball field. They have to use the the youth sports complex, and that's for a journalist. That's not much fun. 
I've had to bring my I've had to bring my own lawn chairs and my own table out there to cover softball games, but it was that's what it was going to build. It brand uh, you know you get two softball you get a softball field and a baseball field, football stadium and a, with a track. All of that for thirty five million. You see some of these stadiums that these schools are building: Legacy out in Katy, uh, obviously Allen Eagle Stadium. You know, uh, Prosper, all McKinney, all these big metroplex schools—they're shelling out a lot for those. They're looking at—they're looking at seventy million just just for one stadium. Meanwhile, back in twenty seventeen, they had this, and they—I uh, forget the superintendent's name at the time—but they had budgeted it out to to compare. Would it be more cost effective to renovate? the 50 the 50 60 year old memorial stadium or build a brand new one well get this to get brand new to get all of that the the four new the four new things that would then allow to host at four different four different sport or well really five when you factor in soccer at the new stadium uh so a chance to host five new sports well that's 35 million the cost to renovate Memorial Stadium, as old as it is and as uh, as dire as the updates are, that was thirty one million, uh, or or a little bit less than thir- uh, thirty million or thirty one million. I mean, that's that's a good trade off. You know, we've seen this. This is going to be my rant on it. The community, yeah, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay some more taxes on it. However, then you're hosting, even if you're not hosting a, a regional track meet, you can still host, you can still host a crossroads relays or something like that. So you've got a chance to host multiple playoff games. You've got a chance to host track meets. You can even create a soccer, a varsity soccer tournament here. Then you've got, I mean, there's the VISD baseball tournament. There's the VISD or Victoria East softball tournament as well as the opportunity to host the playoff games. Yeah, you're paying the higher taxes, but at that point, within 10 years, all that money is back in. And as that money flows in, it goes back to the school. So these I hear all these people, I don't I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay the taxes. I don't want to blah blah blah. It's it's high. I get that. I understand that. I like to save my money too. It's not everybody does. But at the same time, those people are also saying we need to invest in the kids. We need to. You put money into this, you are investing in the kids because then you're investing in programs like STEM. You're you're investing in career education such as welding, things like that. Programs that that the school can start and get these kids ready and and, and really help boost the economy here and and in twofold. But people don't people don't see that people aren't people don't want to open up their eyes. So what I say to them is, athletics is a great way to build that. I mean, when I was at Angelo State, we had we got a brand new football stadium. What'd that do? That was that was great. Uh, the the economics of the of the campus boosted. I mean, now it's over ten thousand. Back when I was there, it was. Between six, seven, eight thousand people. So, by the time I left, there were over ten thousand. I mean, you see that boost. 
Okay. Uh, well, what about high school? That's college. Well, in San Angelo, they made sure to keep up San Angelo Stadium as best as possible. Now, the press box was still in need of updates. It, it was not ADA compliant either. But they did a good job of keeping it up. They just got brand new turf, brand new lights. They, it, they keep it in pristine shape. And they're hosting multiple playoff games. They're hosting the San Angelo Relays in which you get teams from as far as far as Houston, as far north as um, Amarillo, and, and as far west as El Paso. You're getting all these teams coming in. Same thing can happen here and and drive that, that, that money. So <laughs> I don't see why people are so so reluctant to do it. I mean, you and I have, have talked about it and, and seen this, it, what, what sports can do to further the, the, the growth of a, of a school in a good way with the education. Mike, is there anything, is there anything I missed? What, what else can there, can there be done to try and get the community to realize this is needed? I think really, uh, and, I think they're looking. I think the school board and the administration needs to do a better job of selling this. Um, I'm not a uh, campaign person or a PR guy or anything like that, but when you present a bond issue, they have to make the the voters understand the benefits. And in in the past, uh, I think they've fallen a little short of that. Um, you know, part of it is on the voters, part of it's on the district for not selling it properly. Um, I think a lot of maybe the reluctance is some people feel that the school board hadn't been a good steward of their money, you know, and that's here or there. I don't know, but, uh, that would help. But, uh, to your point, I mean, look around, I mean, drive, 30 miles down the road to Quero and look at Gobbler Stadium. Look at the weight room that Quero has, the facilities they have. Heck, I, I can go down the road to Woodsboro, which is a 2A Division II school, and they have a weight room facility as good as or better than East and West. Um, I think another way of possibly doing this is uh, the school board – you know, looking, which it's done, that's the way the uh, turf came in when Bobby Jack Wright was here, and Spencer did a good job getting funds for the scoreboard. They can look for donations, but sometimes, though, uh, maybe the school board ought to say, hey, if you'll put in so much money, we'll match it. You know, if you'll build East a new dressing room so we can get a bigger weight room or an indoor facility, we'll do that for West. You know, let's be partners here because the community benefits. Um, I go back to the time when um, when Mickey Finley was here, when uh, East and West first opened, when they split Memorial. Someone approached them about building a facility right there because you've seen, um, Sam, I know, has seen the dressing rooms, how small they are and how difficult it is to fit everyone in there. And someone offered to come in and build a building there that they could put their dressing room there. Therefore, they could expand the weight room. 
making it better, but they wanted to do it for East. And the school board told them, no, we can't do it unless we do it for East and West. So to me, it's like, well, once some of the school boards step up and say, okay, we'll match it. You know, that way both kids get it at East and West. It's just, it's just a matter. And, and as you were saying, I think you look, turn it around. Um, when the kids have good facilities, I think they feel an obligation to the community that it shows them that the community cares about them, wants them to be successful. That puts a little, I don't want to say pressure, but it puts a little bit of more emphasis on them to be successful because the community cares about you. Here's what we've given you. Now we want you to do the best you can. And uh, I think that would go a long way towards, uh, you know, we wouldn't have to be satisfied with uh, just making the playoffs or making winning one playoff game. You know, then you could your your expectations would rise, and then uh, that that would be uh, a more reasonable thing. And it, it's just uh, it's like I said, I'm you know it seems like we're always talking about this issue, but I mean we we are where we are, and uh, you know I think I'd be willing to bring anyone over to Memorial Stadium and show them what we're talking about if you haven't been there. I mean, uh, I can show you that dressing room where the visitor's dressing room where you virtually have to split into two groups, which, and then not only that, you've got fans walking around your dressing room and that, that is not conducive to, uh, having a halftime where you can make adjustments or do whatever you need to do. And, uh, don't even get me started about the restrooms, uh. I mean, uh, let me just put it this way. I got a uh, message that someone walked in and said, uh, you know when you walk in and that sink is there that looks like a latrine? Well, I'm not going to go any further than that, but uh, that's a prime example of what, you know, you're dealing with over there. So, uh, you know, I I, I have – I want to be – Completely honest, I've spoken with someone on the school board, and I hope to get with them. And uh, hopefully this thing will finally, finally get resolved. Because, I mean, you know, it, it it's for the youth of this community, and I want to show them that we care about them so that maybe when they grow up, when they go off to college and they're through and they want to start a family and come back, Maybe they'll feel a little more reason to want to come back to Victoria instead of going, feeling like, well, I've got to go to Houston or Austin or whatever. Speaking of coming back, I talked to Carly at home about this. Carly graduated from West. She also went to Memorial. And during her time at Memorial, when they had to use Memorial Stadium to work out, uh, they would do bleachers up and down, uh, up and down the stadium and, she said one of the biggest problems was you, they were always concerned. This was back in 2009 because that was her that was her freshman year at Memorial. She was always concerned that you step in the wrong place, there goes an ankle, there's a broken leg, you know. And, and certainly that that is the case because there are holes. It is 
It is cracking. This thing is over 50 years old. And Lord knows the last time the, the actual foundation and the stands have been updated. It's It's been a while. I've been trying to dig it up and find it, but it's been too long regardless. So, yeah, to the community, step up, support your student-athletes. It's more than just, hey, we're, we just want brand-new facilities, blah, blah, blah. It runs a lot deeper than that, and it, it, it falls on the community to step up and show that support for these kids. Yes, and, and another thing to consider, and uh, this happened to Refurio after the hurricane, at some point, that stadium might be condemned. And when that happens, you're going to have to do something. Whether you can repair it or build a new one, and let's face it, costs aren't going down anytime soon. So the sooner this is done, the better. Because uh, we don't want to get to the point where, you know, Victoria Stadium is condemned, Memorial and then uh, all of a sudden, wow, we're faced with a nice little uh, build to build a new stadium. Last thing I'm going to say, and, that's, and I'm going to add on to what Mike said, Refugio didn't play a home game after that. It took, what, two a, a year or two for them to to finally get back to where they could play home games? That's the other thing. If you get out in front of this, and you build a brand new, and you're able to build a brand new stadium because there's no telling the next time a, a big hurricane is going to come through. We live on the coast. Let's be real. That's a that's a distinct possibility. Every every hurricane season. Last thing you want is to sit there. You now you've got to pay for the cleanup of of that stadium. I'm sure insurance and all that is in there, but still, it goes it goes in. The pay goes into that. Your tax dollars are going into that. Then your tax dollars are going into building a brand new stadium. So it's it's a double dip. It's much better to just go ahead, get out in front of it, build a brand new stadium because it's gonna it, it's gonna be a lot more efficient to build a new stadium and then say the worst case happens, you can just you can just make the updates, make the repairs that are needed, and you're fine. And that's that's the thing. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the coming years if if people finally come around on it. But so that'll wrap up segment one. We're going to take a break. Hear a commercial from Thrivent Financial, then we're going to get back. Jeremiah and I. We're going to talk about East West basketball game, how the East girls dominated in the fourth quarter, and how the East boys are able to hang on and make a little bit of history. That coming up after this break. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. Welcome back into episode 20 of The Grid. It's time to talk some basketball. We had the East-West Crosstown rivalry in a packed gym at over at Victoria East High School. Jeremiah, you got there a little earlier. You were able to find a parking spot. I was not. That gym was packed. I, <laughs> it was kind of funny. I mean, we, we, had to, we had to keep telling people, hey, get out of our way because we were set up and... and 
in a corner along the baseline and people kept, it was so packed. People kept standing in our way and man, it was just, it was a great atmosphere all around. Let's kick, let's kick it off with the girls game to kick that started off the doubleheader. The East girls behind a massive fourth quarter burst when 59 31, the lady Titans outscored West 21 to one in the final period. They go on to, to win it. Head coach Yolanda Wimbish North, she was very, she seemed very pleased to get the win. I mean, obviously, rivalry win. This is what she said after the game. You know, um, when it mattered, they, you know, they played hard in that fourth quarter um, to create some turnovers defensively. We went to our man-to-man defense and actually really hadn't played much, man. So uh, I was pretty pleased with, you know, the effort that they gave. What an exciting environment for our kids to be able to play in and to play our rival. And the crowd was great. So it was actually a lot of fun. Jeremiah, the this East team, I mean, they look good. They're they're playing they're playing good basketball right now, and you know it seems like it seems like last Friday was a good good look for them. What did you see from the Lady Titans? Yeah, I think obviously what what everyone saw was that big fourth quarter from from the Lady Titans, and you know the first the first three quarters it was a it was a closer game. I think at the end of the third quarter it was an eight point lead um, for East and. You know, some of the players in, in Yolanda Wimbish North, you know, she she was saying how some of the players were a little bit nervous just because of that atmosphere that, you know, that West and East uh, game brings, you know, with hundreds of people and, you know, all, all of their friends and family in attendance. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was nerve wracking for some of the players, uh, specifically um, uh, KK Cleveland, Katiana Cleveland. Um, she had six points in the first half and in the fourth quarter, she she kind of uh, she kind of uh, exploded for you know, six more points and she had six rebounds in that quarter alone. Um, and she was a really, a really b- real big factor in, um, you know, helping the late Titans come out with that win, but also, uh, Avery Valentine and, um, uh, Sanaya Randall, they both, both had seven points each in that fourth quarter. So, you know, overall it was a big fourth quarter for, you know, those three players and, you know, just East bigs, they really, uh, gave West a, a problem in the paint. I think, uh, three of them combined for over, over 20 points. Um, so you know it was it was a, a fun game to to you know watch and cover and you know um you know East was able to come out with that uh big win over West. And for West it was a much better showing than what they had against Gregory Portland earlier that week. GP had 42 rebounds while West only had 24 in that District 29-5A North Zone showdown. So I mean West is making some strides there under first year head coach Christina Rankin Williams but talking to her after the GP game. It's a lot about getting that consistency. We saw what they can do. They challenged East for the better part of three quarters um, for in this in this game, but just kind of fell apart late for the Warriors. Jeremiah, you did you were typing up your your girls game story and you didn't really get to see it, but man, that was a good game, the boys game. East hangs on for a 60 to 56 win over Victoria West. It's the first time in three years the Titans have beaten West. West has controlled that rivalry for a while. Fernando Pena, clutch free throws at the end, five seconds left. They end up holding on for the win. First year head coach Ralph Almanza, welcome. To the rivalry. 
Man, it's a great feeling. I know it's a huge deal for Victoria East to get this win. It's a huge deal to be 1-0 in district. But we just got a long way to go. We can't get too, too high. Jeremiah, you've seen this East team uh, a few times. And certainly they, they have this capability. They went on a 23-0 run between the first and second quarters to lead by as many as 14. Caden Williams, game high, 19 points. Big game from him. You know, uh, when when East is operating on operating at, at full tilt like this, they can do a lot of good things, can't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at uh, Fernando Pena, he's, he's a really kind of the, the ball controller. He, he kind of controls the tempo of the game. And, you know, when, when Coach Almanza kind of kind of pressures pressures east to you know pick up the tempo you know uh it, it showed in in that game against west that they were able to you know go on that 23 to 0 run and you also have you know donovan donovan oliver on the outside you know knocking down threes and you know some other outside shooters so you know um you know this is a good east team they have some some length uh with devon cates and you know uh, like sam mentioned Caden williams with the game high 19 points so you know they're a very talented team i think they it just you know uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's on and you know sometimes you know they're off uh, you know kind of like this uh, this last game against Miller but um, you know Sam was was at the game and you know um, what did you kind of see uh, Wes you know what 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 weren't they able to do against this East team? The problem was in that first and second quarter they went scoreless for about eleven minutes there, which really fueled East's run. I mean. They were eight of, I think, 23 from the field in the first half. They were unable to hit the three, which sometimes you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and, and that's the case there. Uh, but uh, the reason West was able to stay in this game, though, was a big, big performance from senior uh, power, or, well, I'll call him a power forward. He's He's built more like a traditional post, but he's got the handles like a power forward. Jackson Hodge, he had a double double, and it's it's that's consecutive games where he scored in double figures, and you know West has been trying to get this offense going and and going and going and going, and you know replacing someone like like Jaden from last year. You've got Darian Lacey as well. He was a he was he was a key player for for the Warriors during last year's run. You know, there, there's a lot of key pieces that they want to try that they've been trying to replace. One of those this year has to be Jackson Hodge when he's playing, when he's aggressive and he's attacking at the hole and he's able to work it inside and out and get those open looks outside. West is really good, and that's how they were able to pull back and make this a game. You know, and, and head coach Cody McDonald, he saw the same thing. He was really, really excited about what Hodge. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say excited. It's tough to get excited after a loss, but he was very, very pleased with what Hodge did on the floor. We're at our best when Jackson's attacking. Um, he's he's a very level-headed kid. Um, he creates for other people, but he also he, he needs to create for himself even a little more. Um, I think the difference is just his his emphasis on on trying to be aggressive, and the more aggressive that he gets, um, the better we'll become. Jeremiah, you and I talked about it. He still kind of felt the 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 emotional layover from from that 
win over over West. And don't get me wrong, Corpus Christi Miller, really, really good team. I I, I still think Miller was was the favorite in that game, but it, it didn't. It looked like two different teams between Friday and Tuesday as as East fell forty nine or fifty nine forty five to the Buccaneers. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that was kind of what it was? Two two different teams on the floor. Yeah, I mean this last game for East, you know, it was uh, a pretty subpar for performance for their uh, for their offensive uh, offensive side of the ball. I mean, you look you look at they had thirty tor- turnovers during the game. Um, they had a hard time getting the ball up the court against you know an athletic uh, Miller team with you know players like uh, you know Lonnie Atkinson, Atkinson, who's a you know great uh, wide receiver on the football field. Um, you know they're they're just a really athletic team that kind of gave East a real problem. You know when they were you know uh, running their full court press and. You know, East was getting off some good shots, but I don't think they just took uh, took enough shots because you know um, you know Miller was you know wasn't allowing them to, um, and and like Sam said, it was just a, a maybe like an emotional lay, layover. I know I talked to uh, you know shooting guard Nigel Prater after the game, and he said it was kind of a humbling experience to you know go after after a win like uh, like they had on Friday against West. You know, you know be be beat by you know uh, you know around fifteen points on. On a Tuesday, so you know, um, you know, humbling experience, but I think uh, you know, Coach Almanza will get his kids, you know, kind of back on the right track, you know, uh, for the rest of the district season. Yeah, and going back to Friday's game, East shot the ball well. They were eleven of thirty-three from the field in the first half, and then eleven of nineteen in the second half. So twenty-two of fifty-two from the field in that game. That's a good, good shooting percentage for them. And then obviously the struggles they had against Miller. That'll wrap it up here on episode 20 of The Grid. Next week, we'll be back. We've got a, a very interesting long-form story, the first long story that we will tell through this as Yorktown girls basketball coach Val Acree, he battled a, a serious medical emergency, and now he's back on the sidelines. We'll have that for you next week on The Grid. <laughs>